Hey guys, welcome back <laughs> to go from here. It's Belle, your host. I don't think I will ever do this intro without being completely awkward for you guys. So, um, yeah, or for how long it's going to be on for, but, um, you know, like years down the line, probably, uh, still going to sound like this. So get ready for that. If you're new here, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you for taking a chance on my podcast and I know you guys are going to love it. My next guest is one that I did not think I'd ever have the opportunity to do. So I'm very grateful to my podcast to even have this happen to me in my life. I have been following her since her Tumblr days. And if you guys know anything about Tumblr, it's 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 been a second. So that's how long I've been like admiring uh, her work and all the things that she's passionate about and like she's changed my life in really significant ways and I'm so so very excited to introduce Nicole Lore and her many careers and her many passions and her many she's just such a wonderful human being and she was so cool on the podcast um there's a part in it where you guys will hear us gushing over haze <laughs> if you guys again are new here haze is my cat and um yeah i know you guys will enjoy this like i said already nicole is someone that i have admired for a very long time and she was gracious enough to come on the podcast and kind of chat and answer my questions in real time, which was probably one of the coolest moments in my life. I will let you guys get to listening to it because this intro is already pretty long. So thank you again. Okay, bye. Nicole. How are you? Sorry. Awesome. Well, it is very, this is a very authentic way to be. <laughs> I love it. How are you? I'm so happy we're finally doing this. Also, I know. So Sorry? You're so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's so nice. I, I'm like now awkwardly, it's like meeting one of my heroes. I've followed you for as long as I can remember. Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, I know it's weird for me. It's always weird to like meet, meet people that like say they follow me. Cause I'm just like, I feel like we're friends. Cause we're like DMing all the, like I DM with a lot of people more than I DM with like my best friends. So it's oh, just, really? yeah. So I'm just like, it's just weird to actually like put faces to names and real time stuff. Yeah. It, it's been a long time coming. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so excited and sorry. We had so much scheduling and whatnot. It's been like a crazy busy few months. Yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, you like are my Beyonce. Like, it, it, I don't know if I like if that's weird to say, but like, you do everything. It's so crazy. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm really tired, <laughs> and I like don't wear makeup anymore. There are a lot of things that I've like gotten rid of, so I can make way to like do super fulfilling things for myself. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like what, what do you, uh, like, what are your self care stuff? Because you, it feels like you do everything all day long. And then when you try and do something for yourself, it's like early morning runs. Yeah. And I think that, um, for me, that is just it. And I think that that was, I think even though it started out as triathlons, cause that was really like my first foray into like doing anything fitness wise, like even though I'm not competing or training for anything right now, it really, that really has become my level of self-care, I guess. Yeah. So like yeah. a lot of people, I think, look at like fitness and working out as like a checklist item or a to-do item. But for me, really, that is like the self-care aspect of it. And also like, I mean, it just self-care comes down to whatever people think it can be for themselves. And for me, it's just like, if I can get seven hours a night of sleep, like that's enough self-care for me. If I can wash my hair or like, I mean, like right now I have gray hairs, but it's like, if I can go get my hair done every six weeks or like those little like maintenance things that people tend to like think of as like to-dos or extras, like for me, for me, those are really, really enjoyable. Like, I feel like those are luxuries almost. So yeah, yeah. no, I get that. I, I think um, it's really cool that you are so like candid about the things that you think are just you know, self-care stuff that a lot of people think I, you know, have to do this on my chore list or whatever. Um, because a lot of that, the time, like nowadays, especially people are always like, you know, you have to put candles around a bath and read a book or whatever. And you're like, well, now that becomes a to-do thing because I don't have time to run a bath and put candles around it. Well, and that's the, like, so I actually ran into that recently. It took like my therapist to be like, your self-care can make, you can be whatever you want it to be. Because I was one of those people that was like, I'm doing the face mask and I'm doing the hair mask and I'm doing the two hour baths and I'm reading every day and I'm journaling and I'm this and I'm this. And then I was just like, I don't like any of this shit. Like, why am I doing this? And yeah, so, yeah that's why I'm like, it's, it can be hard to find like what your self-care thing is, but um you know, my, like my best friend's totally opposite of me. She loves a two hour bath. So it's just whatever, whatever makes you happy. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I just wanted to start by saying thank you for being on the podcast. Um, I like, I'm fangirling so hard right now. I like, (laughs) I I was telling, I was telling my partner earlier, I was like, I'm so nervous to meet her. And he was like, Oh, it's so cool that like, you're like meeting your hero. And I was like, yeah, but it's like meeting your hero, you know, like, (laughs) what city do you live in I'm in Toronto Canada interesting okay yeah noted noted (laughs) if I'm I'm ever there I'll come visit (laughs) I probably would die (laughs) can we start by like sharing how like why you decided to move to New York and like why New York I mean why not obviously but why New York yeah um why New York so I don't know, maybe, maybe it was a little naive of me to think that New York was like the place that I wanted to move. It really, I decided when I was like eight that I wanted to move here. That was the first time I had visited. Um, I'm from a really small farm town. So like, I actually hadn't been to like a big city ever, like hadn't really traveled much in my life at that point. Um, so when I was eight, I came and visited and I was like, it was, it was my only reference point for like how big the world was. So I just fell in love with New York. And I was like, I think from like the time I was eight, I was like, I'm just going to find a way to like live in this place. Like in my brain, that's all I really wanted was like to live in New York. Um, So, you know, I am one of the first people in my family to go to college and I didn't know that like, 
everyone in like my town went to the like a college that was like in our town and I didn't realize that I could expand myself and like be like this is a four-year stint of me like testing out a city like dating a city so I think when I when that key unlocked as well I kind of hightailed it and decided to graduate high school early and was like I'm gonna live in my city sooner faster than I thought I would and then I moved to New York um, when I was 16 and I think a lot of you know a lot of like my early career was like in fashion and beauty. And like, that is why I moved here. Um, and luckily that was like an easy jumpstart career to like, not need that much like foundational education. So I was able to just like make it work really early. Um, but yeah, I just have always really, really loved New York since, since I visited when I was little. That's so cool. Were you like the most excited person when you finally decided to go? That's crazy how you graduated early, by the way. Like, I feel like your path from eight was this like I guess like fast-paced um rocket ship to where you are now because you've always like from learning about you through like your career and just your social media like everything you've ever wanted you've reached so far um which has been the one of the biggest reasons why I admire you so much is because like you don't you're so quiet about it too. Like you're not, you know, the NASA thing just recently came up on your socials and that's not something you talk about, but when it came up as an opportunity, you're like, I've always been wanting to work for NASA and now this opportunity's come up. And it's so cool to see that you're like humble about it. And it's not, you don't actually speak about it until there's something you can action. Yeah. So that's one of the best things that like, I think a lot of people should adopt, but not a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of, well, okay, so first thing, I I think like the checklist and trajectory things of like how my career has come to be is like, and I don't, I also don't talk about this a lot, but like both my parents are entrepreneurs, like grew up with nothing, grew up on farms, um, and now have like very successful um, national businesses. And like, so for me, um, watching them especially my mother, like my mom was like a single mom. When I say my dad, it's my stepdad, but watching my mom be a single mom and really struggle and like really just, she is like the most, I hate the word self-made, but she really made herself into something amazing and watching that happen in real time. And she still does it like every single day I watch how hard she works. It's like, how can you, I don't believe in hustle culture, any of that shit. Like, how can you not just want the best for your entire life? And like, how can that not be the absolute goal in everything that we're doing here? Um, And to make other people's lives better. So that's like the first part of it. And then speaking of like hustle culture and stuff, I really, really, really dislike people that just talk and like, don't do things. So that's why I'm very much like, I only really share things when they're like somewhat relevant. And I low key, like kind of hate talking about myself. Like I'm really awkward, which is why I'm using my hands a lot right now, but it's like, I'm really awkward and I don't like talking about myself. And I never like, there are a lot of people that are like, I want to be an influencer. So for me, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I never really wanted that for myself. I just like fell into this weird position where I have like people that have been following me for like 10 years. And that's so crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It, that's that's amazing that so you've never actually wanted to be in social media or communications well the reason that I ended up I moved to New York to do fashion forecasting which is not really a career path anymore because like fashion is so haphazard and like the internet exists and all of these like things so I mean I fell into social media and communications specifically because that was just like what I I ended up being good at very early on. And, and it was at this intersection of like 
I wanted to be in fashion and beauty and all these companies needed help at the time. So like, I'm a young kid that's like trying to pay my bills here, like teenager in college, like trying to pay bills, pay for my schooling. And like, I have this opportunity to work with like Oscar de la Renta to tell them how to use Instagram. You know what I mean? It's like, right, yeah. I don't to say no to that. Yeah. It's like, it's like being, it's like setting yourself up to be in the right place at the right time kind of thing. So like, I wouldn't say I didn't want to be in it. It's just that I don't, I don't meticulously, or I wasn't meticulously planning to do that, I guess. I just kind of fell into it. And then I don't know, like I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, I can't believe it's been like 11 years and I'm still doing the same job, just getting paid more money. I feel like to do the same job and manage people. Like that's kind of, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I hope it's okay that I drop a couple of your companies. Um, So like working with Net Lepore and NARS and then like Microsoft, and now you're with Hypergiant, like it's, the way that your career is escalated, um, is that intentional that you always look for a role that's a little bit higher than what you did before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have always wanted to be in like a leadership position. Um, and for me, I'm one of something that really fulfills me is like feeling like I have a bit of like personal growth in myself and like I'm constantly learning and putting myself in situations that may be difficult, but will benefit me in the long run. So that's for me, the easiest way to do that is in a work setting where someone's paying you to do it essentially. Um, And it's, it almost feels like a safe space that you can test the waters a little bit, find out what you like, what you don't like, and like be very professional and authentic about it. So yeah, I don't know. I've always, I've always wanted to be like a leader, um, in a, like a professional setting. And yeah, I don't think that like, I ever thought I'd be in like technology or like climate science, but like, here we are. (laughs) It's just, I'm very, I'm also very big on just like following my gut on what I really want to be doing. So that's, I think also how I ended up here. Do you, I mean, for a lot of people, that's terrifying um, to follow the risk and to kind of go with the flow of how your life is going. How do you, like trust your gut with stuff like that? So I used, I still get very scared about a lot of things. Um, especially when other people are involved, like right now I manage a pretty big team. And like, for me, that's really scary every single day. Just like walking into work is scary, but I think you come into this rhythm of being able to trust your gut a little bit more, the more you take the risk. So like, it's not like day one, I was like, I'm going to manage 30 people and see how it goes. It's like, no, like you start very small, you manage one person and then you manage two people and then five people, you know what I mean? It like, it becomes incremental. And also, I mean, besides trusting your gut, it's like surrounding yourself with a very like authentic and, um, resourceful, like support system. So like my, I always be sure I'm always sure in like professional settings to like, to make sure my bosses and like my boss's bosses are like very good at like constructive feedback, but also supporting like this general ecosystem of like helping people grow and fostering growth and whatnot. Um, So it doesn't ever feel like if you, if you fall, like you take this risk and you fall or you fail, it doesn't actually feel like failure. It just feels like I did not do that the right way. And maybe we can try that again. So it's like kind of just shifting perspective a little bit, but it's totally fucking scary. Of course it is. Yeah. I I <laughs> no, no, you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. 
<laughs> I'm like, everyone always gets nervous about sw- swearing on my podcast. And I'm like, no, go for it. It's cool. It's super <laughs> candid. Love it. Love it. Um, so I love that you actually started touching upon your latest role right now with Hypergiant, like being the senior marketer strategist for an a- an AI company focused on developing technology. And it just happens to be working on problems that you are super passionate about. Is that something that you intentionally tried to like look for in uh, the next company that you work for after Microsoft? Um, well, so I'm only working with Hypergiant right now in the form of consulting with them. I work with a bunch of companies right now, which I'm not very public about, but we're sharing it here because it's not on the internet anywhere. So I'm just telling you, um, <laughs> but it's the same sort of things of just like uh, climate science and space tech, all those things. And yeah, I think that, you know, Microsoft was a good test ground for me. My mentor was very much like you're interested in AI, like there's this opportunity that um I know of that I feel like you'd be a really good fit for. My mentor put me up for it, which was the the role at Microsoft. Um, And I found that it was challenging in a very good and safe way for me um, and in an area that I was really interested in. So when I, because that role was only a year long contract, um, when I was ending that year, I began to think about like, what is it that I like about this role and how can I continue to make this more a part of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's all I was really looking for is like, how can I work more in the realm of AI? So I did like a little bit of research. Um, my mentor actually ended up bringing me in as a consultant to Hypergiant, um, which is where, you know, I helped upstart like a lot of their marketing verticals, a lot of their research um, from a climate and space tech side of things, um, would fell under me as well, which is like so crazy. And again, just goes to show like having the right support system is like really like key here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really being, having the opportunity to be exposed to like those other areas really helped excel and push me into a direction that like, maybe I couldn't see, but everyone else around me could see like my boss, for example, being like, you love climate. Like, let's have you do more climate things. And like, I remember like the first time I ever worked a rocket launch, she was like, okay, so you're working every rocket launch. Cause you're like the most excited about this. Like, oh I, my God. Yeah. so it's just, it's about like making sure that you're again, that support system is just so critical. And you like, sometimes you can't even see the opportunities, but everyone else around you can see them. And that's where, you know, it's not just about trusting your own gut. It's like the people around you as well can also become really crucial there too. Yeah. I'm I'm hearing a lot of, um, like, aside from the support system, you have to feel safe in your environment. Um, How does someone recognize that? Like, what would you say is important for someone to recognize right away if they don't feel safe in an environment that um, even though it does help with their career is something that they're like, I don't really know if this is for me. Yeah, I think... Well, recognizing that you, I mean, there are a lot of circumstances in which like, I guess we don't necessarily feel safe and we don't really have control over, but it's like, you know, I think it is just like mindset at the end of the day too. And if you're not in the place you want to be, it's like, how can you track towards a place that you want to be and trying to frame it, like taking a step back and just trying to frame it to make it like a better, a better situation for you, or how can you put yourself in a better situation? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice, actually. It, it's it's hard because um, I think a lot of people feel like they're stuck in corners when that happens. It's just kind of like, I don't know what to do. And if I do this, this is the outcome and I don't want that. But at the same time, it's like if you stay in it, 
you're still uncomfortable. So why not just take the risk and be uncomfortable in that space? Yeah. Fear is a wild thing. It'll make us do wild things. It really is. It really is. Um, which is my next question. Uh, freelancing is also a very scary thing um, because you have to be good at it, but also other people have to recognize that you're good at it. And you've been doing this since you moved to New York. Like it's, I mean, how do you even, how do you continue waking up every day and thinking, this is what I love to do? Um, I think because I've worked in house at places, I have an understanding of, and this is not to say, I think freelancing is probably my end all be all. I think that for me, I like freelancing and I feel comfortable in it because it gives me a sense of freedom that I think that's really important. Like I have agency over my own schedule. Um, and I get, I think the other thing is like, I don't think I would be where I am if I weren't doing what I'm doing because like I've been exposed to so many companies and so many problems and I've just had to figure things out. And like, I've met so many people this way. It's like, I just, for me, I love it, I think. And I don't, and coming from parents that are entrepreneurs and are super scrappy and just like had always found a way to make things work. It's like, for me, I'm just like, it's just another problem to solve. For me, being a freelancer is just like having, it's like having a full-time job, just like different problems. Like there's always going to be a problem with any sort of job you have. It's like, it just comes down to like what battles you want to fight out of it. Right. Right. Have you ever considered like making your own company? More recently, yeah. Um, I, you know, my schooling will be done in about a year because I'm at Columbia um, mm. at their climate school. So I'll have my degree in about a year. I've been thinking about, you know, what I want to do with that afterwards. And like a lot of people have approached me to sort of do like a, like a communications firm of sorts, or like at least helping advise on like the next gen of like climate policies. So I have thought about that a lot recently. Um, I don't think I have the credentials to do it yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that would be a lot of fun. I also find like, it's scary to me to have to like take on, like, I love helping people grow into like their careers. That's one of my favorite things of like, is just being a mentor to people. But for me, it's scary to take on like the responsibility of like having to run a company and all of those things. Like I'm not as good as I am at like what I do. I'm a very, very, very bad, um, like logistical person, which I guess is why they hire people to be, I don't know, whatever that role is at companies, but yeah. that would be me. Like I'm not a logistical person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's really cool that you're, um, that you know, your weaknesses, uh, not to say that, you know, like back in the nineties, when people would tell us to say your weakness is being perfectionist and, you know, caring about people is such a weakness for me and all that other stuff in the nineties that they always told us during interviews to say, yeah, um, yeah. but for you to actually recognize what it is that you're not the best at. So you have the capability to ask other people for help is a huge thing. Um, is that something that you think that would be like easy for you, but also kind of hard in a, like in your own company, because now you'd be responsible for people that do better things than you, but at the same time, you don't know how to like direct them because you don't know that part of your company. Summer's almost here, guys. Can you smell it? We can. 
Do you remember those long nights spent by the bonfire with your loved ones? It feels like so long ago. It really was so long ago. So make sure you're not caught off guard when plans start coming in and you forgot to buy the summer snacks. Yeah, absolutely. With Instacart, you can place an order online and have it delivered directly to your door in as fast as an hour. So who's the host with the most? You are! Yeah, um, I'm, yes, but I'm also really big on just letting people be experts at what they do. And I think that that's like, that's the one thing about business my dad has actually taught me because like, even though he has a lot of very successful companies, he puts the full responsibility of that success, like on his employees. He's like, I'm just a really good like I'm really good at hiring people. That's what he'll always say. Like if I can see someone has talent and vision, like that'll go a lot longer of a way than like, you know, anything else. So, yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like, I think the fear, fear, I think the fear of like actually starting a company comes from, I don't know, maybe it is just like the failure of it, just like not working out, I guess. But I, yeah, I don't know, even in my, like my day to day and like the people that I manage now, which is like not my own company, but it's just like, I do, I hire very good people and I just expect that they know what they're doing almost. Yeah. That's amazing. I love, I, you really do sound like a true leader because I think people who don't understand what a le- like the difference between a leader and a manager is um, the ones who micromanage and like, don't trust their employees and a leader is someone who's like, you know what, you're good at what you do. And I trust that you can do that. And I think that's super important in a lot of companies because the employee also needs to feel important. And that they have their own accomplishments and to have like their own accomplishment literally done by themselves and have their manager recognize that is huge. So I want to say thank you on behalf of like everyone, because I think people like you is, it's really hard to find in companies. So, you know, I've had really bad and really good managers. And I think the experience of both has kind of just like made me into who I am. So thanks to my very bad and very good managers. (laughs) That's so, I, I love that when, when people recognize like the lessons that they get from the bad moments too. So that's really cool. What is one of your favorite things about freelancing? Oh man. I love that. I can make my own schedule. Like yeah. I just, there's, and I, you know, a lot of people, I guess a lot of people I've been saying this recently since quarantine, like, I don't think people have realized, like I've worked from my apartment since 2018. So like that has been like a joy for me for a very long time. And only because of quarantine, people now understand how great it actually is. And so for me, it's like, yeah, no, it's great to like wake up and like be at your gym in five minutes and then be at your desk 30 minutes later. Like that's a perfect scenario for me. Yeah. It's amazing. I love that. It's true though. I, I thought that working from home would be the death of me because I love commuting to work in Toronto. Um, And I also love like the interaction with my teams in person. And now that I've been working for like a year now at home, I really don't know how I'll adapt to going back to the office every day because it allows me to do what I need to, but also work, which is great. Exactly. Exactly. And I just... I get very distracted easily, like open office. Oh my God. They do not work for me. (laughs) I'll stare into the like abyss for a good hour and not even realize I've been doing that for an hour. 
Yeah. Or like someone next to me will be having a conversation with me not involved and I'm just listening. Like I'm there involved in it. Yeah. Like answering questions in my head. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm totally on the same page as you as no one can hear any of this. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> what is your least favorite thing about freelancing? Oh man, just the logistical shit. Like I am so, I'm so bad at like sending invoices and like my tax guy wants to kill me every year. He's like, <laughs> he's like, there are just so many like little things that I could like be doing better for myself for like my, co- my company that I have technically I'm a company, but like the company that I have and like, uh, there are just so many like smarter things that I could be doing to like build it and grow it and like safeguard myself, knock on wood. But it's like, um, I just, for some reason, like, I just can't get it together. <laughs> it's hard, but, especially someone like you, you do everything. Well, and like- then, but that's the other thing too, is like, I'm not that hard on myself about it because it's like, I do, I'm not being irresponsible about it. Like I pay my taxes, like all that shit, but it's just like, I do so many other things that are way more important to me that it's just like that one thing of like, you know, changing over my LLC or whatever it is, you know, it's just like, that's just like, it ha- hasn't fallen that high on my priority list. Like if I started a company tomorrow, like that employed people, like, yes, that would be a lot higher of a priority and like being way more organized in that perspective perspective. But it's like right now it's just me like solo, you know, doing my thing. So yeah. Yeah. It works how for me. Did, how did, how, like, is that something you've always been good at in terms of like being gentle on yourself about knowing what is important to you to prioritize? No, no. I mean, like I used to like push myself so like, I still push myself very hard, but it's a little bit different now. Like I'm a lot kinder to myself, the way that I talk to myself about things and how I even approach things. Whereas like in the past, um, I was just like, not very kind to myself and like things I would like push through certain scenarios even if I knew that they weren't serving me or like would benefit me in the long run, I would just push through just because I had said that I would do it. And like, that's like not a way to live. So yeah. it's definitely been a little bit of a transition. And I would have to say like, honestly, like probably only a transition in the last year or two. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it still something that you find that you have to like be cognizant about every day? Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Like it is, I'm totally one of those people that like work in progress, like will totally admit my faults like in real time, but only because I'm like admitting them in real time and seeing them in real time and analyzing them just, I feel like will make me better in, in the long run. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so among the many things that I've already like expressed that you do, you are also an adjunct professor at NYU. Can you like explain what that is? Yes. So um, I guess it was six and a half years ago, they brought me on to write their New York University School of Professional Studies brought me on to write their first social media course. Um, So that was a really long process in which I worked with a lot of like their internal team to get onboarded to have the credentials to even do something like that. Um, So it took about a year, I think, but the program finally got approved. And in tandem with that program, I was already teaching digital marketing. Mm -hmm. So I teach a, teach a variety of classes now. Um, some of them I've written, some of them are not, um, I've taught every semester, I think, except for one. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a blend of, you know, meeting with students in person and then also online weekly, um, 
the content that I teach is all based in theory um, with like a final capstone project that is everything put into practice. So um, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of fun. And then in tandem with that, I oversee um, some white papers that get written by our students uh, that have an overlap of like psychology and social media. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's been a really fun recent year ago addition to my role there. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's teaching. I never like I told you, I was only the second person in my family to go to college. Um, I'm the first female and only person ever go to grad school. And I never, you know, my parents didn't go to school. I didn't understand what school was like afterwards. And I never thought I would be an academic of sorts. And it's just, it's kind of awesome that that's how that ended up. Yeah. That's amazing. Like you're so young and to be able to develop something and then be a prof- like an adjunct professor at uh, such a prestigious college is crazy. Like, congratulations for doing all of that. <laughs> so one of the things that I think is like super cool about you is that you love climate change. Like it's, it's like, it's something that you get very happy about on social media that even I get excited about. So how did that come about for you that you're just like climate change is one of the coolest things? Yeah. Um, so again, just because I don't like talk about it on socials, like a lot of people don't know that I grew up in a farm town. Um, I, my parents read like the farmer's almanac. Like, so, you know, when I was younger, when I was growing up, like there was a lot of undertones from like the farm community that my family was a part of, like that the climate was changing, even though there wasn't like substantial, like media presence around it. I think like maybe Al Gore was talking about climate change. Like that was probably the extent of it. Um, and everyone thought he was like hippy dippy, whatever. So, um, there was that side of it of like me just having this like actual tangible, I can see this happening in real time, understanding of like the weather's changing, the patterns are different, that sort of thing. The other side of it is like, I spent some of my summers um, with the Chesapeake Bay foundation because the Chesapeake Bay is not that far. It's about an hour from where I grew up um, and did a lot of like, you know, kid level biodiversity, like research on in the Chesapeake Bay. So like, those are two things that like kind of, came together, I guess, like as I grew into the person that I am, my dad actually owns a recycling plant too, I should say. So like, it's kind of in my blood to like, yeah, which also I have never brought up. So like, that's another little layer to this. Um, So my dad owns a recycling plant. Um, If you're like Belle, she loves connecting with you guys through her social media, but she's not the biggest fan of being on her phone all day long. Later.com helps her out with that. She uses it to schedule posts on her Instagram, and it notifies her when to post. What's the best part? Later.com is free. Forever. There's no subscription unless you really want it. Go ahead. Try Later.com. Professional design and creation is sometimes a nightmare. Let's be honest, it's a nightmare. Details and efficiency are important, but there's another way. With Canva Pro, you can schedule your posts automatically through the calendar that Canva gives you, so you never have to worry about missing a beat with all your amazing content. With beautiful design templates, tools to boost your workflow, no surprises. Try Canva Pro today. And it's like one of the one of the only eco-friendly ones, like fully, fully eco ones on the East Coast. So like growing up, understanding like that even I think has like helped a lot. Um, 
the, I guess the reason I'm excited about it and like even transitioned into it is just like, I just was doing so much, um, research at Hypergiant. So it was an interesting intersection where like, I was doing a lot of interesting research in different areas at Hypergiant, like space, um, space defense and, um, artificial intelligence and climate, climate science and climate change and, uh, climate tech, green tech. And so there was that side of it. And for some reason, you know, reading about space was fun, get excited about rocket launches, love artificial intelligence. But for me, I was like, holy shit, like we are going to die. Like I cannot have children if like this problem does not get fixed. And I don't mean that of like, this is my problem to fix. I mean, like, no, this is an actual problem that everyone should be concerned about. So there was that side of it. And then I had my mentor who was like, you're getting older, air quote that because we're on a podcast, you're getting older. I think you should think about going to grad school. You would be a good candidate for it. Let's find you a program. So her and I went back and forth for like weeks on like what I could actually do, like the testing I would have to do, timelines, all of those things. And um, I just landed on Columbia's climate change program. It was like, it's a pretty short program as far as mastery programs go. It's super low lift. So I've been able to work. Um, and it gives me, and it's like an Ivy league school. So it, like, it gives me a bunch of credentials and resources and connections, um, including one to NASA, even though working with NASA at Hypergiant has been a huge lift as well, but it's like, you know, it's, it was all of those things of just like my work and then my future self, what I, my future self wanted to come together into this moment. And I think the other thing too, that is interesting about climate, I know this is long winded, so I'm sorry. The other interesting thing about climate too, is like, there's new research every single day. That is, it's not like doom scrolling research. It's like, this is actually beneficial in helping us get to a better future. And that's like, that is the only goal really is like the longevity and the health of the earth. So for me, that's, that's why I get so excited and nerdy about it because it's like ice. A lot of people see climate change as this really scary thing. And it is. And like the first thing most people say is like, I just feel like I have to do something. And it's like, yes, we all have to do something, but that's magical. Like we can all do something about climate change. So that's why I get excited about it. Yeah. No, I love that. I I love, I like, I love when I ask someone a question and their passion comes out, which is exactly what just happened with you. So thank you. Um, And it's true. Like I, you know, I was admittedly one of those people when Al Gore started talking about climate change. I was like, I mean, this isn't happening, global warming. I was really young. So it was just like scary for me to even think about um, but now it's, you know, the more that I pay attention, I, you know, I notice weather changes and like why everything's so hot all the time or like why it's really cold in the winters when it wasn't like that before. And, you know, just your little Instagram stories to give me a lot of information. And to, I will admit that sometimes it does scare me a little bit because it's kind of like, that's actually happening. Like, I don't really want to know any of this stuff. But at the same time, it's it's nice because you're so informed, but it's never to scare like you just said it's never like a doomsday post where it's just like you should be doing this and like preaching to other people but you're just like stay aware well there's a lot of and the reason I actually take that approach of it honestly well because my mentor is very much of that mind of like let's look at this through a positive angle and how we can empower people but there's a lot of um in the realm of climate science and climate communications there's a lot of research that has been done around the psychological effects of 
scaring people into trying to do things around climate change that actually makes people freeze up and really actually does create this sense of urgency in in a way that they don't feel like they can act. Whereas like studies have been done that when you present climate information in a more positive light and in a way that's solution oriented in a way that um, helps people actually understand and digest all of because climate science is such a like there's so much data to be had. So it's like when you really just digest it into like one or two lines of what people actually need to take away, it's like, that's where the impact actually happens. And that's how you can get people more interested and informed and wanting to act around it out of pure, like secondhand passion versus like fear that we're all going to die. So it's like, (laughs) it really is just like, how do we want to look at this? And, And again, that's like, that's another reason why I even went down this realm is like, there aren't many people that are like, able to accurately and passionately and like um talk about climate in a way that's not doomsday like I feel like I read a lot of like it's either very science factual based that like lay person would not understand or it's very doomsday like there's not a lot of like optimism out there so yeah there's never really a middle ground to like how sciencey climate change can be and and then you get all the conspiracy theorists who are just like we're dying because aliens are coming or something weird so again thank you for that though like I know I'm saying thank you a lot but like I I was really excited to get you on so I can like personally tell you thank you for like all the things that you do um so I wanted to congratulate you on you know getting accepted to the Master of Arts in Columbia because you were so excited that I was so excited that you were excited and I think celebrating people that you know you admire and like your friends and your family is is a huge thing so congratulations on that Thank you. <laughs> um, how has that been again? Because you do so many things all the time. Yeah, it's been interesting. It's definitely a learning curve. Um, uh, there's a lot of, I have dyscalculia, which is number dyslexia. Um, so that's actually, yeah, I don't like ever talk about that, but that's like, that's a really very real thing that I've had to like, not just this, but like come up against in my entire career, but the, a lot of the climate science, um, education is focused in math and statistical analysis and programming languages like language R, um, C++ examples. And uh, that has been really hard for me, truthfully. Um, I never excelled in those things at school, which is probably how I ended up in communications. Um, But it's been really nice to expand my brain and also really nice to have like a renewed sense of purpose um, and something that actually makes me excited to wake up every day, I think, because, you know, it's, I, I'm excited about everything I do, but I think that there's varying levels of excitement. And this is the one thing that feels, I get excited by uncharted territory. And this is one of those things that, you know, it's nice just to have that, that I'm working towards. That's so cool. How do you deal with like, like basically running into a pool of uncomfortability and then being excited about it? think it takes a special kind of person. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that it just takes practice. Um, yeah. Anyone can do it. You know, I, the, the, you know, we talked about like trusting ourselves earlier and how do you do more of that? And um, it is just practice at the end of the day. Like, I think, you know, what to me, my entire life, my biggest fear was like talking, like uh, I have, I used to have, I don't anymore, um, pretty severe social anxiety. Um, so, you know, when I, when I realized that I had overcome that and like, you know, the result of me overcoming that 
has opened up so many doors for me. Like now I teach at a university. Um, I'm able to just like have conversations like this. I could walk up to anyone on the street and talk, start talking to them. Like I just, I'm an open book. And um, I think when I started to, you know, realize that it just is about like, you know, being uncomfortable is like the first step in getting comfortable. That was an, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. What's the baby's name? <laughs> I hope you don't edit this part out. Oh my God. I won't, I won't. Um, his name is Hayes. He likes to meow sometimes. So I'm just like, you know what? If I hold you, you'll stay quiet. Oh my gosh. It's totally welcome. Love it. <laughs> Sorry, oh but you, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I'm obsessed with cats. Wait, so I have a cat tattoo and then I also have a cat ring that like I wear every single day. I, I love that. that. <laughs> he, okay. He's kind of grumpy because he just woke up. Oh, <laughs> So cute. This is what I'm like. I wish there was a recording because this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my last uh, question is about your running. Yes. And I know that's a huge thing in your life. And it was inspired by your dad's journey. Um, so, like, can you talk a little bit about that? Because you uh, like in con- for context, your running journey has inspired my running journey. And like, I hated running. I was also a bit of a fat kid growing up. So that was one of the biggest reasons why I hated running. Cause I just didn't want to move. Um, and then, you know, growing older, I had a lot of like insecurities in high school and I lost weight because I wanted to look thinner. Um, and then I knew that wasn't healthy or sustainable. And then I found you really early on in high school and, um, you inspired me to just like run because it was something that I enjoyed and that's something that like I look forward to and now I I I love running like I don't know how to do every day if I like I feel lethargic if I don't do it yeah yeah well first thank you I like want to cry that's like (laughs) so powerful and amazing and honestly like if I've done anything in my career like that's really really special to me um me like tearing up because that's amazing (laughs) um yeah so my running was very much I I have to say that my health journey was inspired originally because my grandmother died of um like complications from diabetes and her diabetes were onset from her diet, uh, like super unhealthy diet her entire life. Um, and I just remember like when she was like on her deathbed, she like, I think the last thing that she asked for was like a milkshake or something. And like, my grandmother was so petite. Like it was just a true testament of like, it doesn't matter what you look like. Like if you're not treating your body, right. Like it's like, you can't escape it. Like you just have to be so like conscious of those things. And Um, my running journey was yes, inspired by my dad. Um, I worked for a company, well, I worked for NARS cosmetics and they actually have a triathlon team. And I remember I was doing spin classes like two or three times a week at crunch, like no big deal. And, um, my, the president of the company joked at me one day and was like, you could do a triathlon. Like we would just have to teach you how to swim and bike. Um, and Cause I was just doing spin classes and I, 
I just ran again to your words. I ran into that uncertainty of like, I didn't know what I was really getting myself into. Like I didn't realize that I had to like swim a mile in open water and then bike 26 miles and then run six miles. You know what I mean? Like I didn't understand that. So there was that side of it. So I was like, yeah, why not? I'm not doing anything. Like I can train for a triathlon. Sure. Me, I could not swim or bike. Like what in the world? And then the other side of it is like my dad at the time had cancer. And I just remember being like, so and like a really aggressive cancer too. And I just remember being so like unresolved about like how to deal with my emotions and like just too like very deeply like insecure and like not even understanding in my early twenties, like how to channel that and make it like productive and positive. And like, there was like, it just, I don't know. And I found running and because of training. And I also, you know, had some long conversations with my dad who, you know, he has this saying, believe, achieve, doubt, you're out. And for me, it kind of wove its way into that training of just like running into the uncertainty and like being comfortable, getting uncomfortable. And like, even if you just like, even if it's terrible, but you finish, like you still finish. And to me, like, you know, I think I talk about running so much because like you, it's like, it's that one constant thing that I just keep having and it makes me feel good and it makes me feel powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it doesn't, that running doesn't have to, it, it doesn't have to be running for everyone, but that's the one feeling that I think that I want everyone to feel at some point in their life or another. So, yeah, I mean, like that, that is really what inspired it. And, um, my dad, like, thankfully has like fully recovered from cancer and like, but I still just think about like, you know, how, how lucky it really did put into perspective, like how lucky we are to have like, um, every single day that we have on earth. And, uh, yeah. So for me running is just, it, it's a, it's like a quick little shot to the system of like, you're alive, you're present, we're doing this. It's great. You're great. You're doing great. It's fine. So yeah, that's that. Oh, I love that. I think it's, it's, it's one of the coolest moments of my life right now to actually like have you say that in person to me. Cause it's like, I, I, I don't know how to like put this into words, how much like just you talking about health and running and like the inspiration that you've had all your life, like has changed my, like the trajectory of my life. Um, There's just so much about like the way that you would speak about health and, you know, it was never about anybody else, which was the, the thing that like, I've always struggled with growing up. And even now, like I still struggle about like, you know, why I run some days and, you know, most days I'm just like, I really just need to have a moment for myself to focus, um, which I learned from you. Like I, yeah, no, thank you for that. Yeah, of course. I think like the best investment in life, like we can make in our, is just like in ourselves. That's like my, like very, very big broad stroke rule of thumb in life. So that makes me very happy to hear. And yeah, my gosh, it's so, uh, I love it. <laughs> um, so thank you. I, I, uh, I'm running to the time of our podcast. So I, I wanted to say thank you again for being on the podcast. And um, if you want to share where people can find you, you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm Nicole Lower, L-O-H-E-R on all channels, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of the places. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. This was probably one of the coolest experiences I've had in all 31 years of my life. Oh, that's so sweet. I hope we get to meet IRLs, like for real, for real. I know. I'm going to be my friend now. (laughs) 
I'm like losing my mind, Loki. I'm just like, oh my god, I've met Beyonce, but not really met Beyonce. Like, slowly, awkwardly coming off the screen. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I thank you. Um, I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks so much, love. Bye, Nicole. Bye.